Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor it's Welcome to another episode of A Talking Cast It is the A Talking Cast podcast that nobody ever asked for I'm your host, John Kowaleski, and with me today are my guest hosts Daniel Doughty Hey, hey And Phil Gonzalez. How's it going? Welcome to episode 62. If you're playing on your home version of the A Talking Cast game, that means we're going from minute 61 and one second all the way to minute 62. Yes, we're a little bit more than an hour into this <laughs> thing, and um, oh Some, my god! Somehow, baff- against all rhyme and reason, more than an hour has transpired. Oh my gosh! So, um, and we get we get nearly all the characters in this uh, one. I'll just kind of run down what happens. Once again, it's a little bit of a uh, an in between minute. Susan comes up uh, to the porn mansion. Um, she knocks three times on the big door. If you want me. And then uh, we go to the porn mansion. Phil says, excuse me, to go answer the door. Uh, Tina is not thrilled. In the pool, uh, Chris and Trent are... They're doing are it. swimming it up. And we'll, yep. and we'll be talking about that in a second. So, And then we get a close-up of Duffy, <laughs> who is has forgotten to talk to Susan, uh, which might just mean that they didn't have enough money for... His fantastic CG work, and then we uh, we finally finally get to open the door. Susan is there, and she um, really gives it to Tina for not taking her phone with her when she left. And Tina's saying, "Mom, I can explain." Okay, gentlemen, who wants to jump in here? I have a comment about a certain creative choice they made when Duffy <laughs> says <laughs> when Duffy says his line, "Susan, I forgot, Susan." You actually get to see the cat meow while it's That's speaking the line. And I am wondering if this is some sort of choice on the part of the editor that perhaps the cat meowing signifies that it is far more agitated than Eric Roberts' voiceover would indicate it's being like maybe they felt that the physical cat needed to. <laughs> I, I think that's imparting far more intent on the part of the filmmakers. <laughs> Than is evident so because far. Because I really stood up and took notice when it happened. I really was like, wait, 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 wait. This cat is all of a sudden making noise while it's thinking. Okay, this has to be important. This has to like this is a shift. This is a major shift in the movie. This, this almost conveys well, I, meaning and emotion. I think, yeah, right. I, I almost I did sit up and take notice too because it's one of the only times where you know cat noise and voiceover noise occur in one shot. Exactly. And I, I think they were so thrilled that they got 
probably <laughs> Duffy to meow, or that he just meowed. Let's let's face it, they didn't train him to meow. Not they a could, bit. You know, and so he meowed, and they were just like, oh my gosh, we can actually put this in front, and then he meows, which might mean that there's the subtext of, you know, his cat self fighting oh, with his right. Eric Roberts' <laughs> drunken self so. internally. Right, he's right. just pushing that. He's pushing that cat down inside. Yeah. There's the ying. There's the yang. Yep. You know, and and you know, and mostly the cat's just going. Why do I feel like I always have the hangover when this guy's talking inside my head? Did they have this cat? Did they actually have access to this cat for more than fifteen minutes? Because if you follow a cat around with a camera, it's going to do more than this cat does in this movie. Especially if it's in an, a location like this, I just can't imagine they couldn't get more footage of this cat just doing things, even accidentally. <laughs> well, I think, I think. Well, you know what though? When you when you think about it though, what do they need? this cat to do they need him to walk by a few times walk in and out of a door which i think they just use the same shots over yeah, and over do. again yeah and then probably the probably the most important thing is they needed the stupid thing to sit more or less still because their cg work you know the little <laughs> that little weird shape that looks like sort of a crescent moon or you know death zone slice of orange that opens and closes <laughs> You know, they they know they can't move that thing around. I, I am amazed that they actually, the nose actually goes up. Yeah, that's pretty um, intense. That's, a, yeah, that's a some little bit. Pretty sophisticated computer work there. Yeah, it's not just, a, you know, a shape that opens and closes. But I think probably the, the hardest thing they got to do was probably have the cat stay in one place and look at the camera so they could, you know, figure out, okay, we'll have a mouth on there. Well, you know, they also, you forgot that they also needed, uh, as in the scene out by the pool, they needed the cat to look on to a scene of humans flailing around in a pool with a kind of heavy-lidded acceptance. Because at least that's, yeah. that's the feeling I got from that cutaway, that insert of uh, insert shot of Duffy. That hell just of an kind insert. Of like it's a heavy... Yeah, that's a really rip-roaring insert where he's just sort of looking out with all, with kind of mingled acceptance and disdain, maybe. And again, I think I think my it's like this this movie's like a sensory deprivation tank. I my brain is going crazy trying to find things to be interested in about it that I projected oh, all God, of this. No, the whole time it, it, I'm doing this, this emotional... the whole time I'm watching this movie. I'm thinking to myself, this movie, for all of its flaws, and it has a few, for all of its flaws, this movie is far more of a Garfield movie than either of the Garfield movies. This cat behaves like Garfield. It thinks to itself, it hates the world, it hates everyone around it. But it has some sort of master plan somehow, because he keeps referring to, like, things are going really good. This is really, things are really good. (laughs) They're not going so well. I'm going to have to talk to Susan. You know, <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. Oh, Susan! Oh, I forgot Susan, to talk to Susan. Susan I forgot oh, Susan is oh, part no. of my master plan. I, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I still can't figure what out these kids what the fuck the this pool? guy's trying to accomplish. Okay, so so speaking of what are those kids doing in the pool? <laughs> let's just dive into the pool with you know even more joy than the last time we were all gathered oh, together yeah, let's talking take off about our shirts uh, and Chris dive into and the Trent. Pool. Let's take off our shirts. And yeah, who knows what's happening below the surface? Um, <laughs> and talk about the pool. Let's do. Um, I, it, the, <laughs> the dialogue is, is ridiculous enough, but just imagine, dear listener, the fact that Chris, our nebbishy 
uh, fellow who's learning how to swim is flailing around in the most inept dog paddle <laughs> I think I've ever seen. <laughs> while he's that is true while he's crowing about i'm doing it i'm doing it and it's just oh my god it's sad <laughs> should, it, we, it, should we should we do should we do the the, the porn theater reading of this <laughs> uh i think it behooves us john i think would, it would does. you like to reprise um, our roles uh with i as chris um, and you as trent, yes or? i i don't remember who i was was i you trent? were trent you were trent last time okay okay, okay <laughs> so you are chris yes and you can you can you start I'll start us off I'm okay. I'm doing it. That's it. I'm doing it. You keep loose. Don't fight against the water. Relax. Nice job. Yes, that was beautiful. Beautiful. Wonderful. Just, oh. Please, is, please, everybody, everybody, take a bow. You know, a cast like this deserves a round mm-hmm. of applause. Is keep loose? Um, is keep loose good advice when you're teaching someone to is swim? Is that good swimming, <laughs> swimming advice? Do you tell I, a person who's trying to swim to dog keep loose? <laughs> well, and you know, you don't want him to keep loose. You want him to to pay attention, I guess. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, yeah, it seems like keeping loose, like you want to have your your legs and arms fairly rigid to push against the. Well, don't fight against the water. The water. Oh, there it is. There's more evidence for my for my theory that Trent is actually a very advanced Taoist master. Because he keeps he yeah, says yeah. keep loose, <laughs> relax, don't fight against the water. It's the way of the Tao, guys. And again, <laughs> swimming with the chlorinated yeah. water. Swimming is by definition fighting against water. You're, <laughs> it is true. You're pushing yeah, against drowning. Water. Is, that is how is you surrendering swim. against. You the don't water. sink. Yeah, you fight against the water. So um, one of the one of the things I was thinking about with Trent teaching Chris how to how to swim is that, and he talks about how he taught. Um, kids how to swim and the way you teach kids how to swim is that obviously you get them in the water and you know they can they can dog paddle you can kind of teach that but you do usually have to you know put your hands underneath them mm-hmm. and kind of get them to get their butt up yeah. you know so they can kind of get beyond the surface and having taught an adult friend of mine helping him how to swim one time that's what you know, I had to do. I had to kind of like push him up a bit because you, you know you're just not used to, you know, kind of getting yourself in that position in relationship to the thing. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna assume that there was you know hot hot teacher hands <laughs> on student action going. It, it had probably had to be in some sort of way in order to get to this point. Well, and and you know what though. It was. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture it. I'm just but, trying to you know, picture it. it was. Are you, are you, I'm just trying to picture it and just just kind of think about it for real. <laughs> Remember, we're all we're all text here. No subtext. It was innocent. It was all. That's right. You yes. know. But yes, it's complete. Yeah. If you ever if you ever need to refute, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the aquatic ape hypothesis. You guys familiar with this? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Well, it's this it's this rather quack scientific theory that there was at some point in our evolutionary history we had a human ancestor who uh, was an ape who was primarily aquatic or rather was like in like rivers or something. And that's supposed right. to explain why we're mostly hairless and all that, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's pretty much malarkey. There's, there's not much to it. But if you ever do need to refute it, all you need to do is show someone an animated gif of Chris trying to swim in this scene. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is incredible. <laughs> do you think the actor himself was incapable of swimming? I, well, he was incapable of acting. <laughs> He's um, incapable of acting. That was a problem. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. 
he does look, I mean, it, it was good casting to, I mean, he is a nebbish kid, you know, guy who looks like he's not capable of much. Yeah. Right. So if you want to believe that he can't swim, he can't talk to a girl, he can't pick out any clothes that look like, I mean, Phil's got better clothes. <laughs> Phil's got Phil's got better clothes. sweaty clothes, but yeah. He has, he has much better sweatier clothes. I, I think I think you know you think about what you're asking, Phil. Is how much of an appreciable difference, or what can we somehow divine the difference between an inept actor's idea of ineptness at a task and actual ineptness at that task? And that boy, that shut you that right is, up, didn't it? <laughs> I'm going to have to assume he can swim in real life because he's such a. I won't say bad actor because I know actors and I'm not going to say he's a bad actor, but he's not effective. (laughs) And I don't think he's effective enough to convey bad swimming, which comes across in the fact that he doesn't look like someone who's not swimming well. He looks like someone trying to look like someone who's not swimming well. <laughs> if that pretzel of that sentence makes any sense. It's a pretty dumb dog paddle. Right. When you, I mean, it was, it's kind of a dog paddle where it's, you know, a lot of splash that probably wouldn't move him right, across right. the pool at all. But again, and Trent could simply just be being nice. Yes, like, that's true. Or, that's you true. know, well, just trying to butter him up. For, you know, I mean, no, no, he's just being nice. He's just being nice. <laughs> Remember, we're all text, was no there, subtext. Wait a second, was there actual butter in this? Scene? There was not, and there will never be. Stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said Ooh. the word butter. How much? How much? There's probably some butter in those cheese puffs. Oh, I would hope that. so. I, yeah, I bet. <laughs> They're better butter be. in the cheese. Puffs. I don't see how you know. Uh, better like butter. Like if if uh, there was no butter in those cheese puffs, it wouldn't matter if she got that extra tray of the investors or not. Those be shitty cheese puffs. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> It's true. Well, it's not even in our minute. It's just before this one where, where you know, Tina talks about making the cheese puffs, but it wasn't like the same cheese. Oh, right. Um, this isn't the cheese that, my mother likes you know, to use. Phil hit. And, and you, know, you, know, you know what Phil's got? <laughs> Phil's got a giant Costco stack of American cheese. You know, the ones where you really can't tell the difference between the cheese and the plastic in between the right, cheese. Right. That he keeps in his room. <laughs> yes. It was well, probably it next to, to his be bed. Refrigerated. It doesn't have any dairy products in it. Oh, I'm gonna have to go get my bedroom <laughs> cheese. I don't have any more fridge <laughs> cheese. I'm glad the I'm decorator sure let me keep got... the bedroom cheese after she decorated everything. <laughs> sometimes I just sometimes I just peel off a slice when I wake up in the middle of the night. It makes me feel better. <laughs> it puts me right back to sleep. <laughs> it clogs my arteries just enough to slow it's, my heart it's down. It's not a woman's arm. But what a, are you going to do? A, a semicolon. <laughs> cheese is nature's woman's arms. <laughs> well, American cheese is, of course, not that foreign well, right, cheese. Well, right. Yes, of course. USA. <laughs> USA, USA all the way. USA. Um, <laughs> so... Um, so now, now that we've talked about somebody else's minute, um, one thing one thing that made me um, I just wanted it to happen. All right, was that and we've seen the front door before, and that front door is massively yes. tall. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, it is its own. It was made out of an entire tree, and when Susan goes up to to use the knocker to knock on it. I really wanted like an Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> and instead it was just like tink, tink, yeah. tink. And I was like, that's, you know, it should have been even even for how mad she is, you know, it should have been sure. 
really, really forceful. Well, you know, that, I think yeah. that at least is a touch of verisimilitude because every single door knocker <laughs> I've ever used has been really disappointingly tinny. Yeah, that's true. You know, they never really. What's, yeah. When when did our society stop making really good door knockers? <laughs> I'm I'm asking. You know, all these probably around the time they machines, and you can't even make a good door. Stopped knocker. installing large bell poles, I would say. <laughs> Tina's Tina's line at the very beginning of the minute uh, Phil says excuse me and then Tina says I have no future um, was that just a realization on the actor's part <laughs> or was that in the script it was they like, caught, did they she caught just it say that on set and, and they're like keep it keep just it. keep it it's totally yeah it's yeah we finally captured her desperation yeah she's she knew that when you when you look up her name on IMDb, that this is going to be one of the three movies she's known for. <laughs> I just don't know what I have no future means in the context of the scene. It, uh, it's it's no... calling back to an earlier line uh, when Phil, in an earlier minute, says, um, you've got a real future uh, ahead of you or something like that. And I, and I think it's when she says, I have no future, she realizes that it's Susan at the door who is... Yeah, fit to be tied. It, is, it, it definitely is a fit a little bit confusing because I, I, I had to read back to it because when because she, she's all happy talking to Phil right and then the door thing happens <laughs> and she doesn't she doesn't I don't think doesn't really look despondent until until Phil until walks he away. Leaves. so it, yeah and so that that makes it sound like you know she didn't believe whatever <laughs> Phil was right. telling her instead of like hearing the door knocker immediately going that's my former porn star mom which i haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet oh my lord and that she is at the door you know yeah. right okay can we can we just quickly talk about the porn um star please mom? do that is a bombshell uh to drop on me because i'm over here praising susan's performance you know uh, uh-huh. to the raptors as the most you know human seeming of the bunch i think we had our a to couple the raptors? episodes ago we had our vote did you did you not know that that she was a former porn I'm star? I'm not a I'm not a major a talking cat scholar like you, John. I I can't be expected. Okay, to know well, all you know, this. about the same time, I think she's I think she might be a little bit older than Johnny Whitaker, although the you know the miles on Johnny Whitaker are you know, and she, you know, I, I think about the time Johnny Whitaker was in Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, I think like early seventies. Yeah, she was in a a porn version of. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yikes! Where she, uh. where she was Alice. Uh-huh. Okay, I think it was. I think it might have also been a musical. You know, I think it was back then when they were just like, "Hey, you know what people want in porn? <laughs> Not so much sex. They want sex, but they also want some costumes and some song and dance." You know. Well, if I remember correctly. This is one of those movies that they would they would actually air this movie on cable stations just in a much cut down version. Like it was more of an adult right. naughty version of Alice in Wonderland. There it's back yeah. in the day when they would do like various degrees of of intensity of your adult movies so that they could release them in different markets. <laughs> and because this was right. always listed, this was always listed on like the one o'clock in the morning HBO or Showtime or whatever package. When we'd be at my friend's house, we'd never watch it because we were good kids. But uh, of it, was course, it was always there. It was always there. Was it Was it like when they were showing the movies when they, they would just go, this is HBO at night. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And so, yeah, so she was she was in this movie, and then, like, somewhere in the set, she actually was in Meatballs. It's been so long since I've seen Meatballs, and I'm not even sure I've ever seen all of Meatballs, but I think she is kind of Bill Murray's love interest in Meatballs. Well, I'll be damned. And, and, another and uh, like another Johnny, Garfield tie-in. Oh, it's true. <laughs> and like Johnny Whitaker, she more or less vanished from the face of any sort of performing until 
you know, David Dakota kind of dug up these people. Um, and God and bless hysterically, him. Hysterically, I, <laughs> yes, I was looking up, I was just kind of looking for information, and I found an interview with, I I'm, 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 don't want to botch her name, I think it's Christine DeBell. And yeah. it's, it's an interview at one of these um, kind of like Hollywood stars uh, sign memorabilia type shows. You know, where people would you know either be able to go free or they pay to like sit down 20 bucks can get you a picture and a you know a yeah. signature and so you know some internet nerd interviewer guy is interviewing her and it you can tell she really just does not want to talk about Alice in Wonderland <laughs> and and it, but he brings it up anyway and she kind of goes well and then she says the thing that you know is just not true when she goes Oh, but, you know, that's, you know, it, uh, compared to some of just R-rated movies, this day and age, you just see that on on, on basic cable. <laughs> or yeah, something no. like that. <laughs> Trying to put it off, and it's like, I don't, I don't actually think that's true. <laughs> but you can tell that she's a little she's a little perturbed by that, perhaps. A little embarrassed, I suppose. Well, you a know, little, if I ever meet her, I won't bring it up. I'll only bring up her yeah. virtuoso performance in a talking cat. Yeah, which do you think she's more sick of hearing about at this point? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, we it would be uh, gosh, you know, we there. I don't think there's been you know amongst our our clan of of people involved in the podcast. I know there's been a little bit of looking around on social media for the cast members, and and some of them are around, uh, but I don't know if any um, any actually forays into talking to them about this has, has happened since you know we're spending an, an incredible amount of time and effort just to make fun of the whole thing these poor people <clears throat> well you know at least at least it's a reaction to to the art you know i mean maybe i'm maybe i'm <laughs> a pollyanna maybe but uh in the end of the day isn't that all any artist is really asking for no it isn't good night everyone no Good night. <laughs> um, and and speaking speaking of which, before we strike up the band and, and close down the show for tonight, um, do, you, do anybody want to have have anything else to uh, to add to this particular minute? I'm good. No, I think, I think we... we pretty much covered everything uh, I wanted to yep. at length with that floppy swimming. I mean, uh, I learned a little more about <laughs> Susan, my favorite. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah I'm it's feeling, true. Yeah. It's true. So, okay, we are going to wrap this up. And if you'd like to sort of keep in touch with us and find out how we're wasting our time, please come over to SoundCloud and you can find us there at a talking cast or at Twitter where you can be tweeting and other things that start with TW at us <laughs> at a talking cast and on the book of face, sometimes known as Facebook, at Facebook slash a talking cast and on Stitcher at Stitcher slash podcast slash a talking cast where you can rate and review us and of course on the mighty 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 iTunes where you can subscribe rate and review and if you review please be kind thank you so uh, thank you and we'll see you later minute by minute so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. It's a that was episode 
62 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cast podcast that nobody ever asked for. It was hosted by me, John Kowalewski, with my guest hosts, Daniel Doughty and Phil Gonzalez. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowalewski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers, Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A talking cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. I wish I wish Phil would invest in some really good door knockers. <laughs> that's that's a that's an industry that's bound to make a comeback. That's right.